really a lot to unpack from that news release out of Foxborough. Inside linebackers coach Gerard Mayo is somebody who was, quite frankly, going to be getting head coach looks and head coach interviews uh, during this hiring cycle. Uh, former New England Patriots linebacker, super well-versed uh, and respected across NFL circles, and somebody who's just respected as a leader of men and somebody who can really relate to players. Uh, head coach Bill Belichick understanding that and understanding the value uh, that Gerard brings to that franchise. So the Patriots, according to this press release, working right now on a deal to extend inside linebackers coach Gerard Mayo. And in addition to that, uh, Bill Belichick announcing that the Patriots will begin uh, their search for the new offensive coordinator of that football team. And that was a whole nother can of worms uh, in its own. The New England offensive situation, mm, putrid, disgusting, didn't make sense. And it's one of those things that if it wasn't Bill Belichick leading that football team, how much scrutiny would they be under? You have a second-year quarterback in Mac Jones. You come in and completely change the system, hiring Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia, to be your offensive coordinator. This is a guy that's, from my knowledge, has never served as an offensive coordinator in the National Football League, never called plays before. His resume, as recent as last year, uh, defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots or defensive senior assistant for, for the New England Patriots, and then before that was the head coach of the Detroit Lions. So the fact that he was in charge of the play-calling duties and running uh, that New England offense and trying to get Mac Jones up to speed in year two kind of lets you know uh, why that group ended up struggling as a team. Speaking of quarterback, we'll get back to the topic at hand. Eric Edholm of NFL.com released his list of the top six potential trade fits uh, for a former three-time Pro Bowl quarterback, Derek Carr. Derek Carr announcing via Instagram today that he is uh, going to basically a farewell on his Instagram today to Raiders Nation and really the writing on the wall for that situation in Vegas when it comes to Derek Carr. In all likelihood, he is not going to be with the team and a move really could be expected as soon as February 15th because on February 15th, $40 million in guarantees are going to be promised to Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. So the assumption is that they do not want to pay that money so he will not be on the roster uh, when that becomes guaranteed. One of the teams on this list that has interest to us is the Washington Commanders. And Eric Edholm made a very interesting pitch for as to why Washington should be in the market for veteran quarterback Derek Carr. He says the commanders might have mishandled their quarterback situation down the stretch, benching Taylor Heineke in favor of Carson Wentz. But the Week 18 performance by Sam Howell was impressive, but was it enough to convince the commanders who are making an offensive coordinator change that Howell should be the guy in 2023? Eric Edholm continues to write, that is highly unlikely. A veteran such as Carr could immediately give them some hope for more consistency offensively with young weapons like Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, making it a more attractive place to play. Uh, we believe defensive coordinator Jack DeRio also oversaw Derek Carr's rise in 2015 and 2016 with the Raiders when Jack DeRio was their defensive coordinator. Uh, so he is well-versed in the school of Derek Carr and understands all the potential positives and negatives uh, that would come with bringing Derek Carr here to D.C. Um, I'll be honest with you, huge fan of Eric at home. Love the stuff he does for the draft for NFL.com. Put this as nicely as I can. Eric at home, Kanye crazy, tripping. Washington is in a situation right now where if Derek Carr 
if Al, Mark Davis in, in the Raiders organization makes a phone call here to Ashburn, I'm picking up the phone and saying absolutely not. Washington, we saw this team try the high-priced veteran QB route last offseason with Carson Wentz. Derek Carr has a turnover issue. Six out of his nine seasons in the NFL, he's throwing double-digit interceptions. Is that the type of guy that you want here in D.C.? Is that the type of guy that you feel like can get you over the hump if you're Ron Rivera and company? And the interesting thing that Eric Edholm mentions is the offensive coordinator situation here with Washington. No clue right now as to who is potentially going to be the play caller next year for the commanders. I would assume that Washington would want to have that piece of the puzzle solved before they go out and try to acquire a quarterback. And based on the timeline of this thing, Derek Carr isn't going to be moved before February 15th. It's, it could be one of those situations where it comes down to the 23rd hour and he doesn't get moved until the 14th. So if you're Washington, do you have that kind of time to wait? Because I think when they hire their offensive coordinator, you eventually, you immediately are going to put your plans on the table and understand and decide what you want to do at quarterback. And I don't think waiting around for Derek Carr, who could potentially not be traded until the 14th, I don't think that bows well uh, for D.C. Also, though, man, signing a high-priced veteran, in my opinion, really prevents you from making the necessary upgrades needed to ensure the success of your quarterback. This offensive line needs to be upgraded via the draft and free agency. Resigning some of your homegrown talent. A guy like Cameron Curl, one of these stalwarts of this commander's defense, is a free agent after next year. So if you're Washington, can you absorb $40 million in, in salary at the quarterback position and still sign the pieces needed to help build this thing long term? I don't think so. Deron Payne, a guy who was a free agent this summer that they're going to have to kick out buku money to. You can't sign Deron Payne and have Derek Carr as your quarterback. And then there's some lesser tier guys. F.A. Obata, someone who came in as this team's third rotational pass rusher while Chase Young was on the shelf and flat out balled. F.A. Obata earned himself some money on the open market this season. I can see F.A. Obata commanding 5 to $7 million annually. His position versatility, the ability to play three tech and play at the defensive end spot, they got to re-sign him. Wes Schweitzer. The guard center combo. They got to re-sign him. Montez Sweat, a free agent after next summer. So Washington has some big decisions to make financially. So Derek Carr, to me, if you're going to have to inherit the $40 million in salary that he's guaranteed for 2023, I don't think it makes sense. The one scenario, the one scenario in which I do think it makes sense to acquire Derek Carr is if the price isn't too high, and you could get the Raiders to agree to eat some of that $40 million salary. I gave you the numbers in the last segment that I'd be comfortable with when it comes to paying Derek Carr. If I can get Derek Carr at a number between $20, $25 million annually, I'll take it. I'll take it because think about what you got for Carson Wentz last year. You paid $28 million to Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz at $28 million played like Derek Carr has played, over his career, it's one of the biggest steals in the league at the quarterback position. Derek Carr can still play. Derek Carr still has the goods. The question for me when it comes to his fit here in D.C. is can Washington take on his money while still improving the roster around him 
to make sure that he's got the requisite pieces to be successful. Let's look at some of Carr's numbers over the years. This year wasn't too pretty. I gave you the numbers. 3,500 yards passing, completed just a hair over 60% of his passes, 24 touchdowns, 14 pickles. But you go back to 2021, completed 68% of his passes, threw for 4,800 yards, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That's the number, though, that kind of alarms me when it comes to three-time Pro Bowl quarterback Derek Carr. As I mentioned earlier, in six of his nine seasons in the National Football League, Derek Carr has thrown nine or more interceptions. Let, Let me repeat that for you. Derek Carr, in six of his nine seasons in the NFL, has thrown nine or more interceptions. So there's that version of Derek Carr that I'm always fearful of because we understand the style of ball that Washington wants to play, turnovers are not conducive for success. The margin of error with this run-first mentality is so small that I think a quarterback that has a history and a propensity to turn the football over is not a good fit here in D.C. But... If you can get 2016 Derek Carr, 28 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 64% of his passes completed, threw for 4,000 yards. If you can get that version, if you can get that version of Derek Carr at 20 to $25 million, it makes a ton of sense. It just doesn't seem like most likely that that's going to be the scenario that's going to exist right now for Washington. My big issue, though, as to why I'm not going to go out and trade the capital necessary to bring in Derek Carr? It's simple. The Washington Commanders over the years have never, ever tried to draft and develop a quarterback. They always end up going the route of veteran quarterback, and for whatever reason, for whatever reason, it does not work. The Alex Smith trade, back in 2018, he breaks his leg. Ryan Fitzpatrick, last offseason gets hurt after 16 snaps. Even going all the way back to the Mike Shanahan days here. The trade for Donovan McNabb ends up going down the drain. As as early as this past offseason, the Carson Wentz, we all know how that trade went. I can't handle seeing this group going after another veteran quarterback unless unless that veteran quarterback is a low-end starter and is cheap insurance in case Sam House thinks it up and can't handle the load of being a QB1 next year. So I'm talking about guys in the mold of a Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill if he becomes available, a Marcus Mariota if he becomes available. Guys of that ilk, not guys that are in your top 12 to 14 and are going to be commanding 20 to 25-plus million dollars annually. I can't stand to pay a veteran that much money. I've been burned too many times in the past with that formula and scenario. So for me, if you're Washington, what makes the most sense is you bring in a veteran low-end starter like a Jacoby Brissett, and you let him duke it out with Sam Howe. Because if Sam Howe can't beat that guy out, then I guess your answer about whether or not Sam Howe is your future quarterback moving forward is answered. I want to hit the phones on this, though. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister Lines. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Eric Edholm of NFL.com put out an article today with his six potential trade fits uh, for three-time Pro Bowl quarterback Derek Carr and the Washington Commanders ended up on that list. Do you think the Washington Commanders should be in 
on veteran quarterback Derek Carr. We'll take your calls next. The question out there for you all on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067, is do you think Derek Carr would be a good fit here in Washington? I kind of told you what I thought. For me, I'm kind of out on the veteran quarterback route when it comes to the Washington Commanders. They've crashed and burned too many times before for me to go out and feel comfortable with this regime trying to acquire a veteran quarterback. I gave you some of the names. Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz. We've seen it time in and time again with this organization. For whatever reason, acquiring a veteran quarterback doesn't seem to work. For me, for me, I think it's time that this franchise drafts and develops a young quarterback. Draft and develop. D&D. That's That's what I feel like needs to be done for this group. Derek Carr, at the price he's going to cost you? Assuming it's $40 million? Hell no. I'm not paying that to Derek Carr. Not with this roster. Too many holes. I listed you some of the other financial moves they're going to have to make this offseason. Cam Curl, got to get signed to free agent money. Deron Payne, you got to end up making a decision on him. This offensive line, whether it's via the draft or via free agency, they must upgrade that position. Acquiring Derek Carr and giving up draft capital to acquire him and then taking on a $40 million salary, it just simply doesn't make sense if Washington was to go that route. But something tells me, something tells me that Derek Carr, that Derek Carr is going to be on the short list of guys that Washington potentially goes after at the quarterback position. All I'm saying is buyer beware. I gave you some of the numbers on Derek Carr. Six of his nine seasons in the league, he has thrown nine or more interceptions. That is a stat that is damning and tells you all you need to know about the player you're getting and quite frankly, why Vegas is so eager to move on from him. I think though, at $40 million, anybody would be eager to move on from Derek Carr because he's simply not worth that money. You can tweet at me at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. The question at hand on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067 is, do you think Raiders quarterback Derek Carr would be a good fit here in D.C.? Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Hoffa's in D.C. What's going on, Hoffa? How you doing? Good evening, my brother. How you doing, man? Good, Thank man. you for you? taking my call. Of course. Um, I'm a, I'm a ready to sign here from the uh, DMV area. God bless you, man. Um, oh, man, it's cool. It's cool. I, you know what? O- over the years, it, it, it might sound funny on the surface, but Washington and, and, and the Raiders kind of mirror each other oh, in, a couple, in a couple different ways. So I just want to let you it's, – it's a couple different things that I wanted to touch on about Carr um, mm-hmm. that you that you didn't uh, just talk about. So. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, what you will get with Carr that you haven't had and these other quarterbacks that have been, been here that you named is uh, durability. Yeah. Um, if you look at Carr's career, he's only missed about three games in nine years. All these other quarterbacks you named, Tannehill, Alex Smith, uh, Carson Wentz, you know, they, they, they go down, you know, more than often. Number two, um, 
Carr has shown, he has proven, when he has receivers, he gets the job done. The question is, over those years, um, how many good receivers did he have? When you went back to 2016, you know, when he had Cooper and Crabtree, he balled out. When he when when Ruggs came here and we got Renfro, he balled out. Then we had the unfortunate season last year. You look at this year, Carr played with one starting wide receiver in Devontae Adams. Renfro, <clears throat> Renfro and uh, Darren Waller were out pretty much the whole year that, that, that he was here. They were out eight, nine games. So he played with one starting wide receiver. So you're going to get your durability. It's proven when he has weapons, he balls out. Um, it'll be an instant upgrade. Let me, let me upgrade. ask you this, though, Hoffa, because you're, you're providing tremendous perspective because you are a Raiders fan and you watch him on a weekend and week-out basis. What the hell happened this year? They did everything to make sure he was going to be successful. You bring in Devontae Adams. I know Darren Waller dealt with some injury issues. That defense, I know, underachieved. But Derek Carr and, and, and Josh McDaniels, we thought this summer it was going to be a match made in heaven, and it obviously wasn't the case. I just told you what happened. He played with one starting wide receiver all year. Yeah. No hundred runs. You got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Go go to any team and take their number two and number three option away all year. And they'll and they'll struggle. Look at your boy. Look, look, what did Aaron Rodgers do when Devontae left? Yeah. It's a damn good point. I appreciate the call, Hoffa. Yeah, man, that that's really interesting perspective because anybody that's a member of the Raiders fan base or even a member of their organization, the front office, they speak highly of Derek Carr the man. And I think everyone across the National Football League can see that. Derek Carr is one of the most well-respected guys in all the pro sports, not just the NFL. He's got grit, moxie, toughness, and to package it all together beautifully, he's a man of God. So a lot to like about Derek Carr. Uh, the last caller mentioned the durability stuff with Derek Carr. And that's interesting to me because that season that everyone drools over when it comes to Derek Carr that 2015 season or the 2016 season, he eventually ends up breaking his back, I believe, and could not start in the playoffs for them. So it cut that special season for that team short. So I do worry about the durability when it comes to Derek Carr, but that's not really my big issue with Derek. My big issue is the inconsistency and the turnovers that this young man has. With the style of ball that Washington is trying to play, They can't afford to bring in a quarterback that's going to be prone to throwing interceptions. They can't afford to bring in a quarterback that is going to protect the football at all costs. Ultimately, the turnovers this year ended up being the undoing for this football team. So to repeat that mistake and bring in a veteran that's prone to turning the football over just doesn't work to me. 1-800-636-1067 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lounge. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll go to Ralph out in D.C. What's going on, Ralph? Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call first. I call. Yes, sir. What's going on, my man? Man, I don't think we need him because we got good quarterbacks on our roster already. So he's and, not and, no and, good and Who are you for. referring to when you say that? My backup, my third string. I go with the How? rookie over okay. here. Correct. I agree. Uh, I'm just want to do it because, like I, I heard you say earlier, that you would rather go through the draft. You know, you know, we got other people that we need to be signing. My, my man, this year, um, Payne, we need to be bringing him back. Man, nah, we don't need no quarterback. We got these three on our roster, man. Or if they don't feel safe with two of them, we can draft another one. And how? 
Yeah, I appreciate the call, Rob. And I feel like that ultimately is the direction Washington goes at quarterback is Sam Howell, a veteran and a rookie. But for me, that veteran that you bring in, it can't be a veteran that's of the ilk of a Derek Carr. Why? Because I think this organization owes it to this fan base to try to draft and develop a young signal caller. How many years have we had the deal with somebody else's garbage, somebody else's crap at the quarterback position? I want to mold my own young pup because that's how the good teams in the National Football Leagues do it. Your Kansas Cities, your Buffaloes, Cincinnati. They're all in the postseason and in Super Bowl contenders because they figured out the game's most important position and they did it via the draft. Let's go to Sydney's out in Maryland. What's going on, Sydney? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, appreciate it, brother. I'm going to play GM for the Commanders. Uh-oh. I'm going to do what we should have did last year. I would have kept telling Heineke way under, under budget, fill out my roster, because as a GM, you got to plan for the future as well as that current upcoming year. So I would stick with Heineke and Howe for one more year and fill out my offensive line, my linebacking core, and hopefully I'll have a top five defense that will coincide with the running game that we had last year and still try to play control football next year until we find a real good quarterback because I don't want to spend that $40 million, $30 million Yeah, and that's the big, big tie-up for me, Sydney. I appreciate the call. Sydney hits it right on the head. That $40 million for me with Derek Carr is my deal-breaker. If I could get Vegas to somehow, some way, eat half of that $40 million salary and I'm only having to pay $20 to $25 million for the production of Derek Carr at that number, it makes sense because it still allows you to go out and build the rest of this roster around the quarterback. The last caller who called in talked about the lack of weapons that Derek Carr uh, had in Vegas with the Raiders. Outside of Devontae Adams, Darren Waller was hurt all year. Hunter Renfro dealt with injuries all year. Who was he throwing the football to? I think that that could signify an upgrade for Carr and maybe makes the destination attractive for him as well. Because don't forget, Derek Carr is going to have his pick of the litter. He's got a no trade clause. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, man. And I I can't wait to see what eventually happens. I want to continue to take your calls. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lounge. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Coming up at 745, former Redskins tight end Rick Doc Walker set to join the program. We'll get his uh, answer on the Derek Carr situation, plus take his temperature on all the other questions surrounding the burgundy and gold heading into the offseason. When we come back, though, more of your calls, 1-800-636-1067. Are you in or out on the commanders going after Derek Carr? Your calls next. Lamar Jackson uh, out right now uh, with a PCL sprain. Uh, he has not played or practiced in 38 days. Uh, the Ravens have a huge matchup on Sunday Night Football, the wild card round of the playoffs. They'll travel to take on AFC North champion Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson had this to say via Twitter after he did not practice again for the 38th consecutive day. Thank you to everyone for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a grade three strain. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee and in my knee. 
Uh, it remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give it 100% right now. Uh, I'm hopeful we still have a chance. That is Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson pretty much telling us why the hell he's not going to play Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. I know a lot of people uh, alluded to the contract situation in Baltimore as to why Lamar wasn't trying to give it a go, but if you listened on Tuesday night when Jason Lock and Ford joined the program, it was not really a matter of money with Lamar as to why he wasn't on the practice field. He is dealing with a legitimate injury, and anyone who's dealt with a PCL sprain understands the severity of it, and I think Lamar doing his best via Twitter to try to you know, peel the onion back, so to speak, and give us the backstory on what exactly uh, is going on. Speaking of quarterback, though, Eric Edholm of NFL.com released his top Six landing spots for three-time Pro Bowl quarterback Derek Carr. The Washington Commanders listed as a team uh, who would be a potential fit. I came out and told you what I think, man. Hell no. Keep Derek Carr as far away from Ashburn as you can. And it really has nothing to do with Derek Carr. I can't continue to watch this regime do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke, none of which, none of which are quarterbacks who they have drafted and developed. That's what all the good teams across the NFL do. I'm just waiting for Washington to take their turn. MGM National Harbor listing lines wide open. We'll go back out to the phones. Nate is in Silver Spring. What's going on, Nate? Brother Lunell, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good, doing good, man. Um, yeah, in the words of Smokey from Friday, <laughs> hell no. Yeah. We ain't picking up no Derek Carr, man. First of all, he's thirty-one years old, and and, and that's just that's and quarterback just up years. That's not age. old. And quarterback years. That's not old, Nate. It's not too old, but you know, and like you said, when you was reeling off those names of the, of the quarterback, the journeyman quarterbacks that we tried and failed to McNabb, I almost vomited. <laughs> I mean, all these guys, nobody has worked, you know. No. And, and I and I like what the NFC West did. You know, with Kaepernick and Russell Wilson, you know, drafting these guys in the later rounds and developing, you don't got to pay these guys, right. you know, top money. You could build your other team. We got one of the worst O-lines. We got to fill out this roster. And Derek Carter, something that is missing for me from him. Like, he's had talent around him. He has. You know what I'm saying? It's, I don't know if he's not studying. It's just there's something off. Like, he always, you know, he seems like a good teammate. Everybody feels sorry for him. He says the right things after the game. But there's just something off. There's something missing with him why he's not accelerating his game. And I want to bite back against that Raiders fan because when he was in Green Bay, you know, when Devontae Adams was in Green Bay, that's all Aaron Rodgers had. He had nobody else really, a couple journeymen, younger guys, and he still got it done. So, you know, all I need is Devontae Adams. And if you got a good quarterback, a couple role players, you'd be okay. But I don't. I think he's going to get cut anyway. No, so they're not giving him that 40. We can get him for 12 million, maybe, but, I, you know, 25, oh, hell no. Yeah. You know, that's way too much money. I don't man. know. 25 and, is interesting, man. Nate, I appreciate the call. 25 is interesting because it technically is a discount when you look at what the other guys who are similar in talent level with him are making. I mean, it's a bargain. Carson Wentz is making $28 million. Carson Wentz has never, ever been better than Derek Carr. I mean, the numbers don't lie. So. I don't know, man. Washington, like I said, I'm out on it because I just don't believe in the veteran quarterback route. I'm ready for this team to do it the right way. A GM that hires a head coach, that hires a GM and the head coach pick the quarterback. I just want it to be normal. We understand Ron Rivera's in a lame duck year, so drafting a rookie 
doesn't make the most sense. Mello's in Fredericksburg. What's going on, Mello? You there? Hey, how's it going? So you just said it. Like, to be honest with you, like there's no need to draft in a quarterback. Yeah. There's no need to draft in a quarterback. There's no need to get in a veteran. You know, he's a lame duck year. Why are we going to draft a quarterback? It doesn't make any sense. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Look, more on the lame duck year stuff. I think, and we'll we'll have this discussion go further as the off season plays its course. There is the scenario that that they do draft a rookie quarterback. And they're able to insulate him with talent. And then Ron Rivera is all of a sudden not in a lame duck year because the team performs well. This team, don't forget, y'all, this team is a quarterback away from being a 10-11 win team. They got the 33rd best quarterback play in the league this year, and they still were in control of their own playoff destiny all the way up until week 17. So if they could ever figure it out at quarterback, if they could ever figure it out at quarterback, maybe – Maybe, just maybe, we'll go big game dancing once again. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Former Redskins great Rick Doc Walker set to join the program. We'll ask him his opinion on Derek Carr and what he thought of the big move that was made on Tuesday. The Washington Commanders parting ways with offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Rick Doc Walker is next. Joining us right now, though, on the BetQL guest hotline is former Redskins tight end Rick Doc Walker. He's the host of the Burgundy and Gold today, weekdays 12 to 3 over on the Team 980 with myself and Scott Jackson. DOC, I'm glad I got you to put the cigar down for a couple of minutes. Come join me. What's going on? Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but it's always good to be on overtime. Yes, sir, man. What's going on, man? How's the New Year retreat? Uh, well, you know, dealing with the same crap we're dealing with, trying to explain the uh, the mystery as to why our program fell apart at the most important time of the football season, and and also dealing with the cloud that's hanging over the program of not knowing what the ownership direction is going in, and that is not as big an importance to me because I'm not necessarily convinced that affects. On the field, I think the on the field element is going to pretty much be intact. Yeah. But I'm just trying to figure out how we're going to get better so we win more games, and score more points. Yeah, big uh, big move that they made on Tuesday was firing offensive coordinator Scott Turner. We had talked about it all year long, really, the shortcomings of this commander's offense. But I think me and you were on the same page. It feels like Scott Turner's almost the scapegoat in this situation, right? I mean, anytime offensively, as an offensive coordinator, in three seasons you're dealt nine different quarterbacks, it's tough for anybody in those circumstances to have success, right? Well, yeah, it is. And I thought with the coach-centric way of doing things that Ron was in charge of what was being done, it sounded as if Scott had full autonomy to do whatever he wanted to do, and he was let go because the results weren't what they wanted, but I'm confused by that because Rod's got a headset on, he heard exactly what was going on, if he didn't like it, he should change it. Yeah, plain and simple. I mean, the, the offensive issues that this team has are rooted at the quarterback position and then the lack of depth up front along the offensive line. Derek Carr is someone who is a veteran doctor to be available uh, this offseason for Washington to potentially trade for. 
based off of what you know about Derek Carr and what you know about Washington here offensively, what type of fit do you think Carr would be here in D.C.? Well, the only chance you've got at Carr is if Jack Wheel is able to sell him on the fact that this is not a trap. A trap, right. That he's leaving a dysfunctional organization in the Raiders. It comes here, and I'm him. I don't see it. I don't necessarily know. I think I like it as a player. He'd be better than anybody that's here in a minute. But I'm looking for a quarterback competition. And I do have to upgrade it. I need two new players. I like what Sam did. But it's going to all fall down to who the coordinator is. I would like somebody from the Kansas City Chiefs organization. Ron worked for Andy. I'd love a little bit of that. I don't want anybody from Carolina. I want somebody from Kansas City. If we're going to do that, we might as well stay where we're at. Well, you, you talked about Sam Howell, and obviously it's very small sample size we have to base our evaluations off of. But Sunday, 11-19, threw for a touchdown, threw an interception, but you saw him use his legs in a way that we saw out in camp and in the preseason. Were you surprised at all by what you saw from Sam Howell? Because I know you've been a big fan of his all summer. No, I was fortunate to be able to do the, the, the games in the summer. I also followed him in Carolina, and I remember his freshman year in particular. Anybody that can go deep one and ball out as a freshman can handle this at the end of the year. He's been practicing all year. So it's a tribute to their staff because it shows despite not getting work, he was ready. And actually looked as good as anybody who's played the position here all year. The only question was, why was he given the opportunity earlier? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that ultimately is the conversation that's going to drive, you know, Sports Talk Radio this offseason. Because, like you said, based off the sample size that we saw, he looked as good as Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineken looked all season. The question now is, why did he not get a look all season? I'll, I'll flip it back over to you, Doc. Yes, it's a small sample size, but is it enough to where you feel comfortable with him? Having a leg up, so to speak, next year in 2023 with the quarterback competition. Well, again, because you're going to have a new coordinator, you got to really, hopefully, if you bring somebody in here, they've got the prerequisite skills to establish that based on the offense. A quarterback with legs is where we are in 2023. This is not the John Hale deal, the John Unitas. The pocket thing is dead. You have to do what that kid did. You have to be a threat to the defense. He's the threat, and he's got a gun. He has better arm than the other two guys. They kept talking about Carson's length. But if you throw it to the opponent, it don't matter what you're doing. I want you to throw it to my guy. And this guy's got a quick release. You can't block to him with this offensive line unless you get rid of the ball. They've got to show up the O-line and get linebackers. And then they'll have a chance. <laughs> when you look at defensively, Deron Payne and a couple other guys in a, in a contract situation, Camp Curl is going to be a free agent at the end of this, at the end of next summer. For me, the veteran quarterback route, if you're going to have to expend a whole lot of resources and money, doesn't make sense because I'm more worried about the other guys. I think you agree with me that 
despite them not making the playoffs, there is a very clear sign that this thing is moving in the right direction. They've got young blocks on both sides of the football. Bringing in that high-priced veteran quarterback, Doc, to me, limits you from continuing to build uh, upon that court. And really doesn't allow you, you know, to continue to do what's worked for you here. And defensively, we know that's been the side of the ball, specifically with the young cat that has made this thing work for you. Got to play to your strengths. I, that's a Martin Mayhew question. I need to know if he's been given the power to do his job. Well, they say that we see what everyone else has done. I need a guy to take a position and run with it. I need different. I don't need this being Carolina's farm club. I need us to be able to choose from the entire league and everybody's there. I don't need somebody that's got a relationship with somebody that didn't win because they don't win enough. So I need new ideas, new concepts. And then blend that with what you have. They've done a fine job. They got good players. They develop people very well. I love our receiver room. I love the running back room. The tight end room, we gotta tweak it, we gotta get some help. The only way you help the best way to help your line is to get a tight end that can help them run game. They've got to shore that up. That's unacceptable this season. Talking to former Redskins, great tight end, Rick Doc Walker. He is the host uh, of the Burgundy and Gold today, weekdays 12 to 3, uh, over on the Team 980. DOC, when we look at this season as a whole for the Washington Commanders, they got off to the slow start, obviously, at 1 and 4, and then Taylor Heineken, uh, for the second straight season, it feels like, saves Ron Rivera's ass and gets them back into playoff contention. We all know how it went down the stretch. Moving forward, from your vantage point, why should the fans have confidence in the plan in place that Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew have? Because for the past few seasons, not winning more than eight games isn't going to cut it. Well, it's clear to me that you have to delegate some of this responsibility. Everybody over there is getting paid. It shouldn't be the burden of one man. We've tried that. It did not work. Now you need new ideas. You got to have a, 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 a different approach and establish how you train. Our medical staff is an upgrade. Bellamy is an upgrade. Our strength and conditioning, our guys are strong. We got most of these boxes checked. What we've not been able to master yet is our performance on game day so that we outscore the opponent. Scoring 18, 19 points a game is unacceptable. You know, not having the threat as a punt returner is unacceptable. We gotta get a guy. Joey made some great kicks for Philadelphia Knights. It's fantastic. But we gotta get them all. We don't score enough points to squander anything. And teams was good, but I think we are leaving a lot of hidden yardage on the ground by being zero affecting our punt return team with a really good defense. And, and you know, we I played with some good defense. You beat Mike Nelm and Brian Mitchell. So we had offensive threats at the punt return position. If we gave up Carter, that was a whiff. So you gave up a guy that scored more dynamic, and you lost him to not big money. So there's a couple question marks. I like to ask people, but they don't get answers. How do you give up an asset like that and not secure it? How can Flowers go a whole year playing for nobody? You know, when you got a band-aid on your offensive line. Nobody asks the questions. You don't get any answers. 
Yeah, it's a tough situation that they're in, man. Moving forward, I think we all feel like if they can figure it out at the quarterback position, they'll have a chance. But like you said, I'm more worried about the ones who are picking the groceries. You, you mentioned this coach-centric approach that they've got. Going well, into, yeah, let's move beyond that. <laughs> going into a year for Ron, which is essentially a lame duck year, there's going to be a change at the top of ownership. What do you think in your mind Ron Rivera has to do to maintain his job? Well, he's got to delegate, let people help him. Is No one man should have to handle the burden of everything, especially when they've proven that they can't get it done. Everybody needs to be an example. Whether you call Scottsdale scapegoat or whatever, the office is scoring a point. But the play call is the guy at the top heard every call being made. He didn't veto it. He didn't make him change. So that's on him. Leadership starts at the top. You don't have any leadership from the ownership. The coach is overwhelmed based on his production of his results, in my mind. So bring in help and get the job done. The good news is that you got players. You know, and I think the fan base would understand because the key is that you got to get your home field advantage back. And the only way you're going to do that is to produce and make it so people want to come in there, spend money, and help create what we once had as a home field advantage. Yeah. Hey, Doc, I appreciate you giving me some time, man. We'll check you out tomorrow. Hey, man, how's treadmill work today? Did you get your work in? I'm here, man. No time. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Love overtime. Of course, man, of course. That's the DLC. Rick Doc Walker. Catch him weekdays, 12 to 3 over on the Team 980. Uh, the host of the Burgundy and Gold today with myself and Scott Jackson. We come back. We'll continue the quarterback conversation. What should the Washington Commanders plan be at the quarterback position heading into 2023? Chris Sims of the Pro Football Talk Podcast has some interesting thoughts on that very subject. We'll let you hear from him next. 